0: Hey all welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview some of America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We get them to share their stories, their proven lessons in leadership, their, their experiences overcoming, their journey to find mission and purpose. So today's guest, I'm thrilled with today's guest is Andrew Cousins, who spent nearly eight years deployed as a contractor for a classified U.S. government program that is still active in, a, in numerous areas of the world in support of the War Terrier. He spent three years training partner nations in counterterrorism tactics for the U.S. Department's Global Anti-Terrorism Assistance Program. So, Andrew, thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Good to be here, Mike. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so you've, you've had uh, quite an experience, I think, since leaving these programs. Um, you, you now serve as a consultant for the activity group uh, that deals with field trauma solutions for the U.S. military, uh, field law enforcement, things along that line. Uh, you've got a new book coming out called A Failed State, which is an international war on terror novel. Uh, you've got a lot going on, Andrew, but tell us a little bit about you. Tell us uh, you know, what you want people to know about you and why you do you.
1: Yeah, you but um, I think first and foremost uh, it's important to mention um, that I'm a dad uh, of three children. Uh, I do the single dad thing on a regular basis. Um, you know, I, I took the job I took as a consultant because it gave me that latitude to spend more time with my kids um, uh, since my wife's passing, and uh, I just I really enjoy that. You know, I didn't get a chance to do that as much uh, deployed. You know, twenty one deployments over seven and a half years that uh i was coming and going so much i I couldn't even tell you um how much time i got to spend with those guys but uh uh, i love you know being a dad i love uh, being active in my kids lives so that's that's probably the, the most important thing to talk about
0: yeah it's pretty cool so three children uh what are their age ranges
1: I've got uh, a 13-year-old uh, who knows it all at this stage. Uh, I've got a little old son, uh, and I've got a year world daughter. So uh, about 25 months apart, um, You know, they keep me pretty busy, keep me on my toes.
0: Yeah. That's, so as a single parent, so you're operating essentially as a single parent. Is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, sir. So, uh, I... Uh, pretty much do it all. Um, my wife died in January of 2016. Uh, I have very little family in town, so uh, I spend the majority of my time kind of doing whatever they need, you know, me to do. Besides the, uh, you know, the meals and, and uh, uh, limousine services, I, you know, I'm always at a sporting event of theirs or other activity. So, yeah. Wow. Well, so. The-
0: Let's unpack that a little bit, and I want to get to your novel because it's it's impressive. I love it, uh, but you know, there's a number of folks that serve this country uh, that, and those that don't even serve this country that are single parents. And Andrew, you're talking, you're talking their language right now. How do you create that balance? How do you find that balance between being, you know, dad and breadmaker and Escort service and chauffeur, and you know, cooking the meals. How do you do it? How, how do you stay sane through all of that?
1: Well, I think that's the uh, an ongoing struggle. Um, I, I think you need to find peace with who you are um, in this place and time. I had to make some very profound changes in my life, and I, and I struggle through that, like a lot of people. You know, I certainly haven't uh, um, you know, seen the kind of combat some of the guys I deployed with have, but you know, I've seen some things, I did some things, and uh, and you've got to make that synaptic change uh, between what your life was before and what it is now, and that definitely took some time. Um, I would say at least a year plus, and uh, during that time, you know, I, I did see a therapist. I did uh, conduct breathing exercises to uh, combat anxiety. Uh, you know, I think I had anxiety and and, uh, and other issues and layers um, because of my last passing. So it was really uh, a day-to-day effort. And sometimes, you know, like, like addicts say, I put one foot in front of the other, and each day was a new day, and I tried to struggle out doing it right. So uh, soon you get enough time passed, and uh, you look back, and you're like, wow, you know, I did it. And uh, I'm still doing it. So mm, That's
0: awesome. So is there something that you do on a daily basis that helps you – get you into that state of mind
1: you know there is Mike I, I keep a routine a lot like I did when I was deployed you know I get up and, and uh, I fix the kids breakfast I get in the school I hit the gym I hit the office uh, I just keep that routine as static as possible and I'll tell you what that routine has helped me profoundly over the years so mm,
0: that's good I mean that's great advice I, I think that's great advice for any of us right we get into a certain routine something that puts us in a mindset that we know we can tackle, the it, whatever comes our way throughout the day. So that's, that, that, that's really good. Now, walk me through, because you mentioned, you know, when your wife passed, you know, it took you a year. To, you know, you're still uh, – obviously, I'm sure you're probably still dealing with some of this. But, but how did you find a new sense of mission and purpose? I mean, you're still – you know, you're still involved with some very cool stuff, a consultant for the activity group. You know, you're dealing with filled trauma solutions. So you're on mission and purpose, but I think it's also important. How did you find mission and purpose back into family with the trauma that you experienced there?
1: Well, I think, uh, I, think I integrated it before I even stopped deploying. I mean, I was set to deploy within five days uh, when my wife passed, and, um, you know, that was an immediate shock. So I had to uh, obviously speak with uh, the folks uh, at headquarters, uh, talk to them about you know, the fact that uh, I didn't see myself deploying anytime soon in lieu of the circumstances. Um, you know, I, mean, I actually I actually like, clocked in to work, I think, uh, just a week later just to kind of get back on mission, on task. Like you said, um, geez, we had shots show down in Vegas. Uh, we were showing some pretty high-profile clientele. Um, some of the products, you know, some of the uh, PJs, um some guys from uh Ranger Supply we have uh oh geez, we had a lot of uh, military folks interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, and it was tough. You know, it, it I I felt a little unstable but you know I just wanted to keep on task. And uh you know I think in retrospect that did help.
0: So let's – I want to unpack that a little bit too, Andrew, and and, and share what you want and, you know, don't share what you, uh, you know, don't want to share, obviously. But going through that traumatic experience, you and I both know we've got a number of, you know, friends, battle buddies, things like that, that have – in order to deal with the trauma or the situation or the circumstances, they begin to self-medicate. Did you deal with any of that? Was that also something that you had to overcome or were you able to just stay laser focused Said, listen, I've got kids i got to raise, i got to stay on mission and purpose, I don't have time for that?
1: Well, I think that's a fine line sometimes, Mike. I mean, I certainly didn't delve into any um, self-medication. I did spend a lot of time, you know, feeling sorry for myself like anyone would under in, in my, in my circumstances. Um, <laughs> I think at the time, my my self-medication literally was the gym. Um, you know, I just felt I would have died without it. You know, we, we spent a lot of time. Uh, training, uh, meeting physical goals while we were downrange when you had the time. And it was really nice to get in, you know, an hour of CrossFit or, or an hour of, uh, weightlifting or, you know, even some, some running or, you know, some work runs, which yeah. <laughs> nobody thought they'd be doing after they got out of the military. Right? but, uh, right. you know, I, I just kept to a schedule so tight. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, vacillations in that. Uh, within that narrow band as well, I mean, I, you know, sometimes I just I drive 100 miles an hour, screaming behind the wheel down, down the highway because I, I couldn't deal with some of the things that have been unloaded on uh, I me. Mean, you know, I, I think that's human. Uh, you just got to refocus and you got to realize that you have a greater mission than what, um, than what you have, uh, you know, in, inside of your feelings in the, in the immediacy of it all.
0: Yeah, and that's something. I mean, that's a maturity right there that you're talking about. This whole maturity to understand that your circumstances or traumatic events don't necessarily define you. They 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 help shape who you become, but they don't have to define you. And I think that's what you're saying there. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when I hear you speak that, that's what I hear is you say, "Hey, listen, I had to understand that you know my circumstances are my circumstances, but I had to move beyond that and understand who I am as a person to get through it." So. Is that right? Am I am I close on that, Andrew? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It is. I um, I was at SHOT show. I think the year before. I think last year I took I took uh, last year I took the year off and went to shop show. But the year before that, you know, I, I got to see guy, new guys from my team that were on the floor there. Um, you know, John Albin of of Goliath Tactical. Uh, you know, uh, just a variety of guys that are doing you know multiple jobs and and having that. Touchstone and, and having that connection. Now that I was no longer deployed and, and no longer, you know, spending time doing this stuff on a regular basis, just, it meant everything to me. Uh, it kind of brought me back into the now. I realized, you know, I still had a mission. I couldn't do the old one, uh, but I had a new one. Um, a lot of these guys understood, you know, where I was at with it all. Mm,
0: that's cool. That's cool. That way, and, and you're speaking of something that's so important for everybody is having that support network. I think it's, uh, you know, two things we always talk about is action plan and support network. And I I think you just nailed it with that statement was making sure you have a support network because, you know, life will throw you curveballs. And and it's easier to get through those situations when you have people that you can turn to. So that's solid. That's solid. I want to switch gears a little bit, not a little bit, a lot and really talk about this latest book. You've got a new book coming out. Here in October called a failed state this this international war on terror novel uh i've been i've had the privilege of of, of reading this and i'm loving it and I just got to say andrew this is it's good i mean it is it is super super good so talk to me about how you came to write your latest book i mean walk our audience through this
1: oh wow it, you know I appreciate it Mike um a lot of this started out as a autobiography, um, and a lot of it was done for, um, like you were saying before, uh, self-medicated reasons. Uh, just wanted to unpack what I've been through, um, discuss you know my feelings about it and how I struggled with it, and then it, you know there was a metamorphosis there. It became a, potentially a vehicle to help others in my same situation, people that have lost loved ones, whether they were. Um, you know, folks at home that have lost, uh, uh loved ones in combat or whether there were people at home whose, uh, wives or husbands, or, uh, you know, battled addiction and, and depression and a lot of the, uh, the common problems of today. Uh, and that, <laughs> that autobiography <laughs> after submission to, uh, my publications review board did not fly. Uh, they didn't like <laughs> the background information. They didn't even like any of the generalities about, um, You know, what I was doing um, while my wife is at home uh, battling her addiction and her depression. So uh, I had to shelve that, and, um, you know, I wasn't going to face that kind of scrutiny uh, from my my previous uh, uh, employer, if you would. Uh, So I had to switch gears, and uh, fiction happened to be the vehicle I took, and it just flowed. I mean, I, I think I cranked out the original manuscript of I Failed State in... Holy cow! In maybe three months, yeah, uh, that's because it's already on. Yeah, because it was already on paper though, and, and the autobiography, and I changed a lot of dates and times and places and events and circumstances. You know, but in, in its totality, it's it's real. I mean, it's got um, you know it's 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 got a lot of the emotion that I felt during that time. Uh, the main character is an amalgamation of several guys um, I deployed with. That uh, we're battling, you know, similar circumstances. So,
0: no, I, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, your 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 character, you know, we read these type of books, and you know, we we think Jason Bourne, and you know, it's you know, Jason Bourne is kind of a flawed character, and you managed to take you know your main character, Damian Collins, um, and, and what I love is is he's very real, very authentic, struggles with anxiety. He he's got a troubled marriage, which oftentimes, you know, unfortunately is the case for, you know, many who deploy. Um, you know, there's there's a custody dispute. Um, you know, he's part of this elite team and he still has to be on mission, right? So he's he's managing chaos at home. He's he's working to stay alive in, in theater. Um and and beat the bad guys and the bad guys What for me which was so intriguing about this is he's fighting multiple fronts and while we can say you know that that seems like it's crazy i think there's many people in the country that are fighting multiple fronts and you'd nail it um using you know the war on terror as a genre but i it's an emotional character. And I just want to say kudos to you for that. I mean, it's, it's well done, uh, super well done. And so I'm, I'm, I'm recommending to all our listeners that you get a copy of this book. I mean, it's, it's, it's stellar. What, what do you think people will learn from reading your book?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think that they they realize the struggle is real. I mean, in their lives, they don't have to be deployed or, um, in combat to to face some of these challenges. I mean, holy cow, there's people across the country that battle it every day. Uh, Severe addiction, or they're married to a spouse that's battling severe addiction, Um, depression, anxiety, PTSD, I mean, you name it. Um, It's just a a myriad of issues that people struggle with. Uh, But like you said, war is just another layer to it. it. It takes you away from your family. It, it really uh, makes it difficult to deal with these things over long distances. So, um, you know, it just adds another layer of struggle to
0: it I know. It's awesome. It's awesome. So what? where can people find your book uh, and where can they follow you? I mean, give us your handles, Andrew, so people can start following you. And, I mean, this isn't the only book, right? I mean, you got another one coming. I mean, this when by the time people get done reading this, they'll be looking for the second one. So where can they find you and where can they find well, this book?
1: I think at the outset here uh AFL State is available on the website which is ww.bafailstate.com. Um and that is the uh hardcover edition right now. I think that's gonna be initially in, in limited amounts, and then the ebook uh is planned to be released in late October, possibly early November. Uh and then we're looking at uh paperback options and audiobook as well. Uh but again, this is just the, the hardcover and uh, just the initial offering.
0: That's uh, cool. Well, be sure, I mean, everybody listening, be sure you visit afailedstate.com. Order your book today. Be sure you get a copy of this thing. Uh, it is excellent. Now, you've got more books planned. Is that right? Or am I am I not supposed to say anything about that?
1: Well, no, no it's, it's okay. I've got a, a sequel to A Failed State because as any reader who, re, uh, who looks through it will realize, it kind of stops abruptly and there's going to be a lot of questions. But the nice thing about it is there is a chapter... Um, a sample chapter of the new book in the back of a failed state, that uh, kind of picks up where this one left off. And uh, that book, I think, is um, is in progress right now, uh, tentatively called uh, Relapse. Uh, and you'll understand why when you uh, mm. when you finally read a little bit about uh, uh, the continuation of that of this story. There's. There's a lot about the second book that I'm really excited about because it develops uh, one of the secondary characters, Loki, or uh, his name is Iron Man's tour. He is one of the team members, uh, friends with Damian Collins, and a uh, teammate of him as well. And it tells into his life a little bit, and, and he's just such a complex character. Um, based on a, a few guys that I deployed with, um, one of them was a ranger with, uh, with that same call sign, and the other one was with uh, a airborne, uh, he was a former airborne uh, uh, guy, but he, he just, he's got a very rich outdoor background. Actually, they both do. Uh, they love being outdoors uh, in the elements, and uh, they grew up that way, and they continued life that way after uh, they finished their military service. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Mm, that's
0: very cool. Very cool. I'm excited for you. That's, it's. It's cool to see that you are taking your experiences in life and putting them on paper and uh, not only are you creating entertainment but you I, I mean when I read this thing, I'm like, man, that's a great tip you know things that I could actually apply in my life uh, to work through some of the situations I mean it's 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 well done it's super well done so just you know bravo Zulu to you on that Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those of us that have served in different capacities, about 7%, uh, I call it the 7% tribe, um, you know, you went through a transition and, and honestly, every day we're all going through transitions at some point. But, you know, what bit of advice do you have for those who are getting ready to, you know, leave service to this country, whether it's, you know, in the military or for, you know, some agency, what do you recommend that they do? I mean, what are some things that they can do so that they don't make some of the mistakes we see people make?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Mike, um, you know, I've got some awesome friends, uh, guys that, um, you know, guys that are still deployed. And I think I look at these guys as heroes. Um, quite a few of them have uh, long military careers, and then they transition into this lifestyle because they want to continue that service. Um, and they also want to support their families in greater fashion, which these positions allow. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, I think that they, a lot of these guys are are really afraid to, to find new meaningful work here. A few have, and and these guys that have, and have been successful and haven't redeployed again, um, you know, they've got, you know, some pretty serious jobs and stay focused on those jobs. They have families they want to be around, you know, they've made a commitment to that, um, Kind of like I did, but, um, you know, guys with a much deeper, much richer career than I had. You know, one of my good friends, uh, Mark Geist was the author of 13 Hours. Mm. Uh, and, if, and if you want to talk about death and, and having to deal with not only, uh, you know, a new beginning, but also, uh, war injuries and rehab oh. and mental issues, I mean, holy cow, um, you know, there's a lot more. Uh, folks out there that have seen, uh, a lot more tragedy than I have. And uh, I just, I see these guys as heroes. Um, I always have. I, I think that some of the guys that I deploy with are amazing. Uh, they've had storied backgrounds in the military. Um, they're doing this right now and constantly deploying, uh, and juggling families at the same time. So, um, it's, it's tough making that jump. Uh, I, I'm, I alone can testify to that, but I know a lot of other guys that can talk about how that jump is just a huge, jarring, uh, change in our lives,
0: and a change that we need to be prepared for. Right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's oh. a transition piece that uh, it's like a new mission, and so we we've got to take time to pause and understand what does our new mission look like, or what do we think it's going to look like? What's our action plan? What's our support network? And I think uh, I think you've nailed it there. So. I just want to remind our audience as we wrap this thing up that you can get a copy of Andrew's new book, A Failed State, at afailedstate.com. Be sure you check it out. It's an awesome book. Andrew, thank you, number one, for your service, for your continued service, for still being a frontline guy, for putting your experience on paper but but creating a great fiction out of it. Um, uh, So thanks for being a guest, brother. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. It's a pleasure. Indeed.